Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey there, welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast. I am Alana here with Jamie. How are you? I'm doing well. How about you? I'm good. I'm glad we get to continue our discussion. Uh, Last time we talked a little bit about burnout and intercessory burnout, and now we're almost looking at it from the other side, which is just becoming more spiritually resilient. I would love to be a more resilient person. (laughs) So I am looking forward to our discussion. Well, me too. I feel like I definitely I'm kind of a creature of habit. I have expectations Mm -hmm. and I I am not super flexible in some ways I am, but Mm -hmm. when it comes Mm -hmm. to my expectations, it is hard to get thrown a curveball and and be resilient. So yeah. Um, before we get started though, let's, let's think of a good, um, you're really good at doing just for fun questions on the fly. Can you think of a good one? Yeah. I was just going to ask you kind of what would more resilience look like in your life? Like where do you what would it look like if you were twice as resilient as you are? And how would how would your life look different and feel different? I think the biggest way that I am not resilient is when I make a mistake. Mm-hmm. I get so mad at myself and so stuck. I, I revealed to you earlier today that I ran over my phone. <laughs> but that's not, <laughs> to be like with a car? With, <laughs> with a truck. And that is, um, so in my defense, it was dark and I couldn't see and I didn't know it had fallen out. I was trying to wrangle the dog into the car, but see, here's me and my detective hat, knowing that you're, you're stretching the truth. We're not really getting dark very much these days. So it actually, like, was it 130 at night? It was 1230. So yeah, it was 1230. Right. I'll, I'll maybe allow it then. Yeah, it, was, it actually was dark. It was not pitch dark though, right? Well, you maybe maybe there was a little bit of light on the horizon, but uh-huh. it was it was dark. Okay, <laughs> all right, it wasn't pitch dark. It was pretty dark. It was twelve thirty in the morning. I was going to get my husband and kid from the airport, but that's not the full story. The full story is, oh. I also cracked my last phone, so I can't get another phone. I have a protective case. I had a screen protector, but the new phone that I got has a weird screen that was aftermarket and the screen protector wouldn't work with it. So I thought I'll just be really careful with it. So I basically made a lot of a series of mistakes. I Mm -hmm. am, I'm just a, a clumsy person, maybe accident prone. (laughs) I know it's horrible to speak those things, but the bottom line is I already have in my mind, I break glasses all the time at home. I'm just, this is what happens. I break things. Yeah. So I have this and, you know, I'm already really super critical. I already have in my mind, my whole family is going to be like, oh, great. Mom broke something else, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, when I make a mistake, especially one that I know that I've made before or that I, you Mm -hmm. know, I get so mad at myself and I 
get stuck in that. So I will, I still remember the time I was at my dad's and my stepmom's house and my stepmother broke something. I don't know what it was. And she just was like, oh man. And she starts cleaning it up and that was it. And, and that I was it. <laughs> and cool. I remember I was taken aback and it wow. really shone a spotlight on me and the, how hard I am on myself. Cause I was like, yeah. nobody thought anything bad about her breaking that. She just cleaned it up cleaned it and up. was like, oh, that stinks and moved on. It would have been a whole night of me berating myself and fuming at myself and Mm -hmm. stealing the joy of my family because Mm -hmm. of being selfishly self-critical. So that's the very roundabout way of saying my looking more resilient for me would be bouncing back from mistakes and not being so hard on myself and not wallowing in my like self-loathing is really what it ends Mm -hmm. up being. And that's not biblical. Mm -hmm. And I know, I know, I know in my head that those things are all not what God wants for me, but I still do them. Yeah. Sometimes. And I mean, I know that you're already beating yourself up over the phone issue. So I don't know if this is going to be helpful, but man, if you had had that screen protector, your (laughs) phone would would have just been totally fine. It would have resisted the crushing (laughs) blow of the tire. That would have been a pretty impressed. No, it would not So no, I, I totally get that. I remember being a kid and it was Thanksgiving and my grandma dropped the apple pie. I might be, you know, like I was pretty young, so I might be getting the details wrong. And she was so upset. Like, I think she might've even like gone into another room and cried. And I was young enough. I was like, grandmas don't cry. (laughs) And for me, it it was kind of like, um, kind of like, he was like, well, it just fell. Right. Right? (laughs) But of course, like, yeah, you, you figure you figure out that you as an adult you start internalizing all the everything's and you don't need to right like if I don't know if one of your kids had watched you because you told me the whole story like it's very easy to see how doing what you were doing the phone could have easily fallen out of the pocket and you were doing a good thing by staying up late to pick up your family from the airport and hey it just happened but yeah when you get to just internalize it that much you can yeah, you can get stuck. Well, the sad part is I see it in my kids, especially my daughter. She mm-hmm. reflects that sometimes she's extremely hard on herself. And it's like when I'm consoling her and speaking mm-hmm. truth into her, yeah. I think, oh my goodness, this is because she sees it in me. And these are things that I need to remember because the stakes are kind of high when you yeah. have so- a little sponge absorbing everything Watching. that you do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. What about you? Uh, for me, I would be more resilient just when it comes to, I kind of feel like I'm an emotional baby about things. Like I would love to be able to know that I'm fighting a cold and have it not impact my work day, you know, or I would love to like, I'm really embarrassed to admit it. Like if I watch a movie and something disturbs me, like if it's just a little too, um, too intense, or like, especially I have a really hard time if there's storylines about like moms and kids in certain situations, like I can be off for a couple days <laughs> and it's like, okay, this is a movie I chose to watch. I chose to watch it for entertainment purposes. And 
I, I do kind of feel like a baby about certain things or like daylight savings comes and I spend a week being grouchy. I'm like, just, I, I am not a suck it up person. And in general, I just kind of know that about myself. And so I do try to be gentle with myself, but yeah, it sure would be easier if like sometimes I can be thrown off just because something doesn't pass a vibe check, which is like, it's really silly. Or um, I don't know, like I slept on my right side and not my left side. So of course I can't write a chapter today. You know, it's just like goofy things like that. Um, But yeah, like, so for me, I'm to the point where like, I just recognize that that is kind of how I am. And so I try to roll with it, but I would sure love if that wasn't how I was like every so often. So I've just started doing um, our music leader move. So I've been doing the worship leading at church. Like I'm to wear, cause you know how easy it is for me to lose my voice. I'm to wear, like I am cognizant on Monday morning of what I'm doing in order to make sure that I have like the physical energy to show up on Sunday. Right. Mm -hmm. And so there are just certain things like that. Like I've gotten okay at rationing my energy, but man, it would be convenient if I didn't have to worry about that. Yeah. And you know, there's a fine line because in our, in our last episode, we talked about the giving yourself permission to be exhausted spiritually or physically Mm -hmm. or whatever Mm -hmm. else, giving yourself permission to be prayed out or burned out because, Mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're human. We're absolutely human. So today I feel like in talking about spiritual resilience, it's kind of the other side of the coin. And I think we need to approach it not as like a, I think everyone needs a pep talk once in a while. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of where I want to come at it as let's talk about this in a way that's positive. That's, Hey, we can do this. What are some ways that we can collectively and individually maybe prepare ourselves while we're feeling good for the times Mm -hmm. when we know the bad times are going to be coming so that we Mm -hmm. can be more resilient. But I don't want this to turn into the thing that I never like is tuning into somebody who's just like, you know, the drill sergeant being like, you scum of the earth. (laughs) (laughs) Uh What are you thinking? Because that's not going to help anybody. So I think, yeah, yeah, maybe the, the whole idea is yes, there is a time for allowing the, uh, to allow for allowing the fatigue for allowing the burnout, Mm -hmm. allowing the whatever, but how do we identify the wallow? I think that's a good idea because that's, that's kind of what I, that's when I Mm -hmm. know I've crossed a line. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, is when I, when I'm wallowing and it doesn't help, it doesn't help at all. And I don't think we should ever give ourselves permission to, um, I don't know, to, to extended wallow, but extended wallow. Yeah. I think that's a good way of putting it. Cause I think that sometimes it is okay to give yourself a little bit of time uh, to wallow, even if it's over something silly. Right. Yeah. So, you know, this is what I tell the authors I coach, like maybe they get a bad review and they haven't developed that thick skin that eventually we all <laughs> either develop or it makes us give up our careers. Give yourself permission to be upset by that, but yeah. put a timeline on it. So maybe that's a day 
if you can get it to where it's five minutes, that's even better. But, you know, like start with something. Um, like for me, it probably started with a week and, and that's what I needed at the time. And now it's, like I said, it just kind of bounces off. But yeah, recognize how much time is realistic for you to need and give yourself that time. But uh, the last thing I want to do, kind of like you, is say like, oh, your grandma just died, so you can mourn for two days and then you got to move on. Like, that's that's not really what we're talking about. And no, I think for- grief is maybe different. I don't mm-hmm. know. Well, I don't know. Absolutely. Grief is yeah. Grief is part of this, but... Yeah, mm-hmm. I I don't I don't ever want anyone else to slap a timeline on your grief, you know. Exactly. Think, or mm-hmm. your wallow time for that matter. I think it is between you it's and between God. Between you and God. Um and, maybe and a Yeah, exactly. There are some things that might make me wallow that like like Scott, like he he thinks it's so bizarre. Like I'll wake up after one of those nights where we watched a movie that left me a little bit disturbed and I'm still like, my mind is still just going. And so I'll say something. He doesn't even know where I'm coming from because he's just moved on, you know, or I think about, um, I think about when we had to rehome our dog and this was, this oh. was years ago. I mean, that, that was true grief for over a year and I, I felt pretty silly because it was right after lockdown. I'm like, so many people are going through so many harder things than what we've done. And I did feel pretty ridiculous about it. But I think I think there is a balance. We we are where we are. Now, there's also something to be said for, you know what? You're healthy, you're safe, your family's alive. None of you had died from COVID. You lost a dog, That's that's a bummer. And to kind of have the, how are you going to move forward? So I think there is a line there. And I think Jamie and I can't tell anybody listening where that line is for you. Yeah. And you, you shouldn't try to tell other people where that line is for them, unless maybe it's a kid, right? I could actually see, okay, you've been crying for this dude who didn't return your call for six months. Let's, let's get out of bed, honey. Like I could <laughs> right. in, in certain cases, being able to speak into a child's life like that. But in general, I don't think most of us have the right to dictate our expectations on others of how long something's going to be, um, to be lingering. So Yeah. Yeah. And that's even hard with kids. I know one of our kids is very emotional. It's our daughter and she's just, um, she feels deeply and, Mm -hmm. and I struggle with like, I, I found myself a couple of times saying things like, oh, that's not something to cry about. And then I was like, Mm -hmm. wait a second, that's not something I can tell her or should, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. I, I ended up rephrasing it as, okay, so this thing happened you can cry and be sad. It's okay, but not mm-hmm. forever. Like, you know, let mm-hmm. this give, give yourself a minute to cry about this. And then let's talk about this. And then step two is let's put this in the big picture perspective. And let's think about this in terms of other things. But even there, you've got, you know, your situation with your mm-hmm. dog and mm-hmm. to someone who doesn't really like animals or has never had a pet yeah. or has never had a pet that they considered part of their family. There's mm-hmm. no way that from an external perspective, they could tell you how you should act or feel. Mm-hmm. So I think all of it is definitely in, um, I don't know, what what would you say is a sign for yourself or for a child that you're trying to shepherd and teach in this area that your 
sadness, your whatever we'll call it wallowing because it's yeah. you know, that just that, that feeling of being immersed in grief or immersed in sadness or disappointment or whatever it is. What, what are some signs that maybe it's unhealthy or it's not grief that's being channeled in the right direction? Do you mm-hmm. think? I have, I have no idea. <laughs> so here is, here is our very important disclaimer that, you know, we're not counselors or therapists. Um, and so let's just put the blanket. Let's just say we're going to stay away from anything that's, um, you know, assault, trauma, things that you, clinical anxiety or depression or, you know, mental illnesses that we couldn't diagnose. But let's just talk from the day-to-day, we're not talking about losing your spouse and we're not talking about having um, bipolar disorder. We're talking about, yeah, the neighbor looked at me and I felt snarky. And so now I'm having a bad rest of my day. (laughs) Or I prayed really hard for this job that I really Mm -hmm. wanted and God didn't Mm -hmm. give it to me. And I just feel like he's not there for me now. And I'm really tired because I've been asking for a year, you know, it's not a life or death. But mm-hmm. it's a disappointment yeah. situation. Yeah. Well, my favorite picture of this when we talk about prayer disappointments and being resilient in the face of unanswered prayer is David when his baby died. And so mm-hmm. the baby falls sick. David's fasting. He's praying. He's refusing any company or entertainment. The baby dies. And he, he basically like, he gets up and eats dinner because he says, well, while the baby was alive, I thought that there was still a chance that God would heal him. God did not. So I do not need to pray for this anymore. Now, does that mean he didn't grieve after that moment? I'm, I doubt it. (laughs) You know, if we read between the lines of the Psalms, David was very emotional and yeah, you could read the Psalms and accuse David of wallowing. (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> in a lot of places. So, but I do like that picture of there is a time to wrestle on your knees with God. And there's a time. And again, when that time is, is really between you and God and your discernment. But there is a time to get up off your knees and say, well, that didn't go how I thought it would. Let's go eat dinner. Yeah. Agreed. And I mean, that falls into the category that we're not necessarily treading on of the loss of a child, but, but his example, (laughs) but his example is far reaching and can reach, you know, I feel, I feel like that's kind of when we're talking about looking for signs that we're in a place of maybe unhealthy, the unhealthy wallow is when we feel like, um, like when we are the center and not God, Um, And I'm not talking again about the loss of a child. I'm just thinking like the disappointments and one antidote to that. It doesn't. Okay. This is so hard. I'm probably going to end up. It's a hard topic just because like there are things that maybe you and I would not consider traumatizing, but for someone else absolutely are. And so again, I think it's just, it's so important to remember that we all are on different journeys. We're all impacted by things differently. Like I mentioned the, in our last episode, the flooding that we're having in our community. And it really threw me off. Our family is safe and fine, but just knowing like a few miles down the road, how hard it was for people. 
other people in the family, it, it just wasn't a big deal. Like it wasn't on their radar. And I don't look down my nose at them saying, how are you so calloused and unemotional? Mm-hmm. And they don't look down their noses at me saying, why are you stressed out about this when it's not directly impacting you? We just yeah. kind of recognize this is where I'm at. This is where they're at. And I think that's, I think that's important. You know, if, if everybody could jump up right after adversity and just go on with life, um, there would be, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is we need, we need both types of people. We need the people who can be resilient, even in the face of something very devastating mm-hmm. and to just say, okay, this was a horrible thing. What do we need to do? Right. Okay. The road washed out and people are stranded. How do we get them clean water? But we also need the people who can feel deeply and who can empathize with them. And so I think that's why it's a hard topic because yeah. whether something's going to be wallow worthy is totally dependent on you and your circumstances. I agree. Well, let me approach it from a personal story because I can't go wrong there just sharing my own experience because I have kind of a a story of how I had an experience where I was kind of in in a difficult place. And then in between difficult times, I kind of prepared myself so that the next time was better. Um, So I feel like in, if you're, if you're struggling, so for instance, I have this thing where I get, I have like anxiety about my health. Sometimes I've always Mm -hmm. loved reading like encyclopedias about medical things, but what Mm -hmm. happens is I start to think I have that thing. I think everyone has that to an extent, but when things happen, I, I sort of, ever since I've had kids, it's become worse Mm -hmm. because then I think Mm -hmm. about them I think about what happened, what happens if something happens to me. So mm-hmm. I had a time, I don't even know how long it was now, maybe six years ago, five years ago, um, that I just really was struggling with some health anxiety about my own health, about my daughter's health, about like it just, and it got to the point where it spiraled and mm-hmm. um, I ended up coming out of that for, for, you know, pretty much for good. But I always feel this kind of undercurrent. There's always this shadow. Like it's almost like if you're in an ocean and you just see kind of the shadow of the shark going by. I know Mm -hmm. it's there and I know Mm -hmm. that I could succumb to it at any time and that it's Mm -hmm. either by the grace of God or through some of the things that I've put in place to help Mm -hmm. me not to get sucked into that place. Um, So I will say that kind of when I came out of that. And as I sensed other things happening that had the potential, I had kind of another health scare where I, you know, found a lump in my breast and I actually had a dream that I had found a lump Mm -hmm. in my breast. And the next day I woke up and I found the lump and I thought, Oh no, is this God warning me? Because it's Mm -hmm. cancer. Is it, what is this? I mean, it just seemed bizarre. And my mind started to race and I started to want to Google. I started to want to think worst case scenarios and kind of get sucked into that pattern of obsessing over my health. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't get an appointment for a little while. So I had a little period of time where I wasn't able to really Mm -hmm. find out what it was for sure. And during that time though, between the time that I kind of got sucked under and this time of having an actual legitimate health scare, um, I, I had practiced 
um, well, not Googling. That was one practical mm-hmm. thing that I mm-hmm. knew was going to keep me from keep, keep me staying positive and not worrying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also kind of, I mean, I had kind of developed sort of a like process of working through some of my fears and turning them into prayers, which mm-hmm. involved affirmations of what is true, acknowledging God for who he is. Um, some of it involved thinking about my worst case scenario in light mm-hmm. of who God is and yeah. what he can do in my life. And so I had sort of known like, this is a possibility for me to get sucked into this. Yeah. So what can I do to build resilience or at the very least keep myself from focusing on things that aren't true? And so what mm-hmm. I found was I, I didn't Google, I gave God thanks. And, and another thing that I personally did was I just started thinking about when I experience a time of uncertainty with my health or with anything else, I picture it as like this golden opportunity outside of heaven to give God thanks and praise before I know the outcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like when we're in heaven, we're not going to presumably have bad things happen that are going mm-hmm. to like, that we're going to be like, wow, this is, this is a thing that I, that went wrong. Yeah. But I feel like, um, you know, just finding new ways to look at adversity before you experience the possible adversity. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It can be really powerful to kind of develop tools for yourself before you find yourself in a situation where you might be sucked in and like, you know, before you, um, before you find yourself in a position where you might kind of fall. I don't know if that's helpful or not. It is. Yeah. You know, one of the mental pictures that came to my mind is we knew, so all of the flooding that we're experiencing, we haven't had a drop of rain. It's all from the the right, snow the melting in the snow. mountains mm-hmm. and coming down. And so we kind of knew it was coming. And so, and we knew from history where the flood zones were going to be. Um, you know, with a, a decent degree of predictability. And so people were getting their sandbags and things like that. Is a row of sandbags going to stop like a three feet of running water? No. Can it help direct the course, especially if you're strategic and how it's placed? Ooh, that's Absolutely. Good. So I almost see what you did as the sandbags. It doesn't, mm-hmm. it doesn't dry up the concerns. It doesn't make all of the things that might cause you to be anxious or to wallow go away, but you're putting some parameters around it, knowing it's not going to be a perfect catch-all, but it is going to at least help in certain areas direct the flow in a better, in a better direction. Oh, I like that. I think that's really good because it is always there, the possibility. And Mm -hmm. if you're someone, again, we're not talking about, you know, clinical longstanding issues. Mm -hmm. Um, There are times when you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to prevent uh, certain Mm -hmm. things. You're not going to be able to prevent yourself from Mm -hmm. going to a dark place sometimes. And that goes back to our previous episode on don't wallow in guilt over your Mm -hmm. burnout or your exhaustion spiritually, you know, but at the same time, if during those, 
good times, you can set things in place that will help mm-hmm. prepare mm-hmm. for the bad times. I love that picture. I'm going to, I'm going to have that in my head forever. I think of that diverting, diverting the water, diverting the storm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and I even think about uh, people who suffer from like depression and, you know, you go from high to really, really low when you're at a place where you're functioning well, there are things that you can do. Right. Um, At one point I wrote myself a letter. This wasn't as much for the depression as for the writing. I was still on that roller coaster where bad, like I was not resilient about reviews and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And so on a day where I was feeling really good and so thankful for the chance to be a novelist, I wrote myself a letter and put it in an envelope. I think I called it like SOS. And it was basically like, I was only going to open it. Like if I was about to stop writing entirely, like if I got that discouraged. Um, So I think we can do those kinds of things. And I think that, you know, we have on this episode worked hard to try to make a distinction between just the everyday disappointments of life and the huge tsunamis of, you know, of grief and stuff. But I think that maybe we can even use the little, you know, in air quotes, the little things that we go through. So for example, when you were talking about your um, preemptive, when I know that I get concerned about my health, here are the things I put in place. I could have a list of what I'm going to do if my husband dies unexpectedly in terms of like who I'm going to call for practical help and, you know, that type of stuff. And if I was never allowing myself to ask somebody for help for a small thing, that would be harder for me if I ever had to for a big thing. If Mm -hmm. I felt okay calling you up, like sobbing my eyes out because we lost our dog I felt okay doing that. But if I if I had told myself, oh, I can I can't do that now, basically learning to ask others for help during sorry, the dog's being so annoying. Just a sec. <laughs> I'm trying to totally ignore her and she's just whining in the corner because she can't get to the chair that she likes to sit on my office chair, but it was swiveled the wrong way. So she couldn't get on it. Oh no. Is this princess or is this, (laughs) this is coffee. She's just just a creature. She is a creature of habit. She knows what she wants and what she she knows exactly what she wants. Okay. This has been a, (laughs) this has been a dog heavy episode. Okay. Let me try that again. (laughs) When you don't censor your needs by saying this is, um, This is a small thing that I'm going through, so I will not ask for help. It makes it harder for you to ask for help when there are times of true, like everybody would drop everything to help you kind of need. So like, um, I don't know, our, our water went out for probably five days and I called a friend and asked her if I could come over and use her shower. And she was like, yes, come over and use the shower. If I hadn't done something like that, it could be harder in a time where let's say, you know, our house gets in this flood area and we need a place to to stay for the night or we need somebody to take the dogs or something like that. If you don't get used to asking for help in small situations, um, when you don't think the issue is big enough that you deserve people's help, then Mm. it's going to be harder for you to ask for help when it truly is a big need as well. 
or same thing to ask for prayer, right? If you're afraid to ask for prayer because, um, I don't know, because you found, because you're fighting with anxiety about your health and you don't think it's a big deal because, you know, you don't have an actual diagnosis of anything going wrong with you. Well, then it might be harder. Let's say that at some point you do have an, a, a health diagnosis that you need prayer for it will be harder for you if you always tell yourself, oh, this is this is a little thing and I only ask for help or I only ask for prayer if it's a big thing. So we can get used to asking for prayers, even for the things that we think sound little. If they're, if they're impacting your life, then we should be able to ask for prayers. Um, I mean, do it gently. Like if, I don't know, like if... <laughs> trying to think of a really extreme example like if your kid was like your best friend's child was just arrested for murdering 20 people that might not be the friend to go to because you're disappointed that your kid didn't get into stanford right like yeah i th- i think there is something to to do with like know your audience know who you're talking to but in general I think that part of carrying one another's burdens truly is um, not censoring whether it's a big or a little burden and just coming to each other with, hey, this is where I'm at. And and you can even phrase it as, I know that it's silly that I am upset by this, but I am upset by this. So can we pray about it? Even getting used to doing that I think can be helpful because then when the big things do come we're we're used to asking for prayer from others and for help from others there's a lot of power in that there's so much power because again going back to my struggles the kind of two different situations that ended up with me being in a very different place emotionally and spiritually Mm -hmm. the first one I was very secretive and and ashamed of Mm -hmm. those fears Mm -hmm. I knew that they weren't founded on mm-hmm. like, cause at that point there was like, I was having issues, but there was no doctor diagnosis of anything that would have. Mm-hmm. And, and I just was spiraling and I was ashamed. Um, and the mm-hmm. second time around, you know, I was pretty quickly straightforward. And I think I, I probably like texted you like immediately mm-hmm. yeah. and, or talked to you on the phone or something. Yeah. And I told a lot of people and mm-hmm. I feel like that was, that brings our feelings, our fears, our disappointments, bringing it into the light robs the enemy of his opportunity to get a foothold in it and to Mm -hmm. make you feel isolated. So it's so important to have community. And I think having community also exposes us to the lives of others. I feel like the times when when I struggle a lot, sometimes it's either because I get so in my own head that I'm not able to process the things that are going on in a way that's relevant to, like, I don't have a perspective necessarily. Mm-hmm. So I'm more mm-hmm. likely to be unresilient about little things like breaking my phone um, yeah. or breaking a glass when I'm doing dishes or, you know, mm-hmm. you sense mm-hmm. the theme of breaking things, but at like doing things wrong. 
that kind of stuff doesn't bother me as much when I'm concerned for the homeless population in our community right. that's right. that's overwhelming right now and or the state of the world or the the friend who's suffering a terminal illness or you know those mm-hmm. things mm-hmm. help put our little things in perspective and I think right now a lot of what we're talking about with spiritual resilience is some of these, maybe what you'd consider smaller things and being mm-hmm, able mm-hmm. to start with those things and being able to bounce back from them or not. Exactly. And I think part of that is surrounding yourself with community to be exposed to to the struggles and the needs and the mm-hmm. experiences of other people. And beyond yeah. that, I think just if you find yourself overwhelmed with like I know I've had times for sure. And I think COVID did this to a lot of us too, probably because we we were maybe overwhelmed with the microcosm of our own lives and our own heads. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, if you find that happening, a, a really practical tip would be get involved somewhere, you know, outwardly, mm-hmm. whether it's helping yeah. out at a soup kitchen or whether it's mm-hmm serving in your community in some way or helping out in the church or, you know, just maybe find a way to focus a little bit more outwardly to gain that perspective, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. have that like flow of, yeah, of um, perspective. No, I think that's great. And I think one more example that popped into my head about people who are like, let's say that I was afraid to come to you asking for prayer requests because, I don't know, my computer crashed and I, I lost a document. That's a big deal to me in the grand scheme of the world. Not the biggest deal, but you know, still a big deal. It's a pretty to me. big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I kind of think about it as like, you don't show up to your doctor needing stitches and they say, oh, well, don't you know that there are people who need their arm amputated? Like Absolutely, yeah. if you need stitches, you need stitches. If you need a life-saving heart surgery, you need life-saving heart surgery. And as the body of Christ, we can offer, you know, we can't offer heart surgery to people <laughs> unless you're literally you know, a medical doctor who has done all the residencies and is certified in heart surgery. But um, we we can be there for the smaller kinds of things and the bigger kinds of things. And I yeah, I think a great takeaway is to get used to asking for prayer, even if it feels like a small thing, because that keeps the small thing from turning into a bigger thing. And it helps you know who you can turn to when the big things come. There are some people, I mean, there's a reason that a fair weather friend is a phrase we all know. And if you're not used to asking for prayer or emotional support, because you think that your what you're going through is too small, you actually don't get a chance to, to know who the fair weather friends in your life are. So that when something big does happen, it's not going to be quite as clear who to turn to. Yeah, no, that's a and real that's a good scary point. place. Yeah, it is. So let's close so that so that you and I can practice being more um, authentic and vulnerable. What is something small that you would like prayer for, but might be kind of embarrassed to bring up or feel like it's too little to worry about? Probably just uh, that this summer we have a couple of travel type things going on for one of our kids in particular and just prayers. I was just thinking and kind of dreading being sick for those things. I was thinking, mm-hmm. oh, man, I really don't want to get sick. I don't want him to get sick before them. I don't want to get sick before them. 
So just for health during those trips, I know that it's kind of a luxury to be in perfect health during, during travel. So I guess that's kind of one, maybe just health during the travel that, that we're doing. Yeah. Well, that's actually a really good point. I think that's another area where some women do censor their prayer requests because it, it feels kind of bougie, you know? And, and like I said, you, you do need to know your audience. Like if, if our family was getting evicted from our home, um, I don't think that you would come, well, maybe, I mean, we have such a close relationship, but you know, let's say that we were just in the same Bible study and we asked for prayer requests, you know, cause we were meeting over coffee for the first time. If I'm getting evicted from my home, you might choose to not talk about, oh, well, I'm, I'm worried about getting sick when we go on this vacation, right? Like that might not be the best, but there are other people that you can, can bring that to. And, and every so often, I think, again, you need discernment. Sometimes, even if I'm going through something really hard, like I like to hear about good things going on in other people's lives. Like it reminds me that there's hope at the end of my tunnel, you know? So like, um, it can be really, really weird and awkward. Like, let's say that you've had a miscarriage that people know about, but another woman at your church is pregnant and people are excited for her, but they're kind of like whispering about it. Right. Oh, we don't want to bring up the pregnancy because it might hurt, you know, Alana's feelings because she had this miscarriage. Like that's not a good feeling either. Sometimes I think we're meant to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. And I think we all recognize the mourn with those who mourn. I think rejoicing with those who rejoice is just as important though. So yeah, yeah, I will be praying for your health and your traveling and I'll need to get those dates from you just so that I know when, <laughs> when I won't have you like on instant dialability. I know it's going to be sad. I'll be around. I'll be around. I just, yeah, <laughs> well, I'll be in a different time zone, but yeah. Yeah. Well, what yeah. about you? Um, well, I think I mentioned, I forget if it was in this recording or the one we did before, but I've started taking over music for the church and yeah. some of it's just practical. You know, I do get concerned about losing my voice. Um, some of it though, is I think anybody who's been involved in music at most churches can kind of understand there's, there's a balance like, oh, this person doesn't like that song or that person doesn't like this song. And I'm a little, I'm going into it asking God to just protect me from, um, from getting like resentful or, you know, let's be fair to protect me from having people come up and complain about the songs as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, those, those are some of the things going on over here. All right. Well, that's good. Okay. Well, how about I will close us in prayer and is there anything else that you wanted to add about our resilience? I think it was a great, great discussion. I feel yeah. encouraged. I do too. And I just think in addition to being open and willing to share with others, some of these struggles to help us be more resilient, uh, we need to, on the other end, be very willing and open to help others, especially people that you don't consider as resilient as you to have grace with them, Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. be willing to pray them support and strength during these times and just to have it be a two-way street. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I like to think about it as um, like if if you were to go into the shoes of somebody that you look down on, because maybe they don't, they're not as put together as you are or something. It's like, I'm pretty sure they're doing a better job, a way better job than I would be doing in their, in their circumstances. So, yeah. all righty, well, let's go ahead and close in prayer.
God, I want to thank you for um, for your spirit that does give us resilience. And I also thank you that you are gentle with us and you are compassionate with us in our weaknesses. I pray that you would give us wisdom to know when it is time to be gentle and gracious with ourselves and allow ourselves that little bit of respite. And when it's time to just give ourselves a pep talk and ask for help and to uh, to keep pressing forward. And I just pray that People listening will have received um, the encouragement that they need to to do either to be gentle with themselves or extend that gentleness to others or to really just get up and, and go eat dinner or whatever it is that's next on their plate. Uh, I want to thank you for Jamie and the chance that her family has to do some traveling this summer. And we just pray your protection over um all of their health and all of their travel arrangements and all of that. And I also want to thank you for the opportunity to be doing music at church. I thank you that um, my voice is enough that I, I can at least theoretically try to do it. And I pray that you would protect me from laryngitis and also protect me from um, anything that would cause resentment or just bad feelings between people. I just pray that I would, um, be a blessing to the people in our church and that they would be a blessing to me and that leading the music would be um, something that I enjoy and that they enjoy and that you would be glorified in it. We just thank you for our listeners and pray that you would be giving each and every one of them exactly what they need today and um, just the, the grace and gentleness to extend to others as well to be an encouragement to those around them. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.